0: Snoring is basically choking in the night and I want everyone to remember that. Anyone who they love, if they are a snorer, please get checked. Find out what is going in your airways because we shouldn't be snoring if we're breathing properly.
1: Absolutely. I tell mothers, if the baby is snoring, that's not cute. No, (laughs) It's a sign that we need to take action. Uh-huh. it might remind you of daddy
0: or grandpa, but it means they all need to be checked.
1: <laughs> Welcome to another episode of The Irreplaceable Dental Assistant, and as usual, I have a fabulous guest for you today. Now she's a citizen of the world because she's originally from Zimbabwe. Living in Australia. I could be speaking of none other than Rosie Neguenya. Hi Rosie, how are you doing today?
0: Oh hi Heather Dawn, I'm doing really really well and I'm so glad that we get to speak to each other like this about something that I love. So thank you for having me.
1: Oh it's my pleasure. Rosie, tell <laughs> our visitors a little bit about you. Who are you, what do you bring to the world? Ah, well,
0: I am a oral health therapist and I've been working for 12 years. Now I'm not sure if that title is very familiar where you are, but it's a dual qualification between a hygienist and a dental therapist. So that means I see a lot of children, which I just love. And I've always been so interested in the function of the mouth. So I've done a lot of training and certification in oral facial breathing analyst behavior and um i've also done some thumb sucking training as well so anything that has to do with the function of the mouth that is what sets my soul alight so i've really enjoyed incorporating that kind of work into my practice over the past eight years
1: does your company have a name starting with mouth by any chance (laughs)
0: Yes, I have a little business called Mouthology and it is really a term that I've made up but it is a combination of breathing, muscles and teeth and I call it Mouthology and I like to do everything within that realm
1: (laughs) Ah, breathing, that sounds interesting Rosie, what is the best way for a person to breathe? I love that
0: question it is just my favourite question because I get to put my breathing behaviour analyst hat on and I get to say, through your nose. It always needs to be through your nose. It's just the most important thing and that's what I tell my patients every single day. And you know what? Noses were designed specifically for that purpose. They do it better than anything else in the body. And so when we use our nose, us to breathe we're getting the best kind of oxygen we're helping our jaws form we're oxygenating the blood we're developing better and we're resting well and that's why nose breathing is just so important
1: especially at night mm. and so yeah so so rosie what are the advantages of nose breathing versus mouth breathing mm. In
0: my role we talk a lot about the differences between breathing through the nose and breathing through the mouth and in my practice every single day we're always assessing breathing, we might be assessing different habits that might be interfering with proper breathing, we learn breathing control techniques and we often refer to specialists if we need to do that as well just so we can get the kids breathing better. Now, you asked what the difference between breathing through the nose and breathing through the mouth is. Mm -hmm. Well, for one, the nose is better at it. There are structures inside the nose that are designed to help you breathe, like the nose hairs. All those little hairs, they catch all the bacteria, they get all the harmful germs and pathogens, and they stop them from entering your body. That's what keeps you safe and stops you from getting sick. Mm -hmm. And your nose has also got the perfect size nostrils to be able to get the right amount of air in at a gentle pace so that your lungs can properly extract the oxygen from it as well. There are just a couple of things that the nose does. It warms the air. It warms it and it moistens. it, humidifying the air that you breathe so it's not irritating and drying out the nose canal. And a dry nose is a lot of the reason that people get nosebleeds as well. And so there are just a few things that the nose does, but my favorite thing is a little chemical called nitric oxide. And nitric oxide is created inside the nose. And it is what helps to open up the vessels in your nose and helps you breathe even better. It makes breathing easier. So when we bypass the nose and we use the mouth, We don't get that fantastic little chemical being created so we work with mouth breathers all the time a lot of people are breathing through their mouths and it's not always your fault there's a lot of reasons why that can happen too but the problem with breathing through the mouth is the mouth wasn't designed for that it's not an efficient system to be using long term Too much air comes in. You're getting rid of too much carbon dioxide, which you do need to help regulate your bloodstream and the pH of your body. And when you breathe through your mouth, it dries it out. It's a perfect environment for tooth decay if you haven't got all that protective saliva, keeping the teeth moist. And um, we find a lot of people who breathe through their mouth have dry mouths, dry gums, dry teeth, and they're finding they're having all sorts of dental problems. I'm sure you see that too.
1: Absolutely. I do uh, I know that mm-hmm. you get 18% more oxygen when you breathe through your nose, as opposed to through your mouth. And, um, Absolutely. you know, y- you didn't mention it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that it would be beneficial for our guests to know that breathing through the mouth can actually change the shape of your face. yes absolutely when we are
0: breathing through the mouth it changes the forces that your face muscles are putting on your jaw and when we're looking at children there is nothing more important because that totally dictates the way that the jaw is going to grow and we end up with narrower faces longer faces and really tiny jaws, and my goodness isn't that a problem as we get into adulthood and that makes breathing even harder because the structures just weren't built the way that they needed to be so absolutely thank you for reminding me about one that is the biggest problem with mouth breathing consistently.
1: <laughs> so Rosie how early in a child's life can can we detect breathing issues and How early can that be addressed?
0: Well, you can detect a breathing issue in anyone, at any age. We can even see it in babies. And breathing through the nose can be difficult for a lot of people. It really, really can. And there's so many different reasons for it as well. It could be like we talked about, the shape of the jaw. If it didn't grow the way it needs to, breathing's going to be more challenging. I always say that your breathing system is like a two-story house. The mouth is the bottom floor, the nose is the top floor, and your throat is the backyard. (laughs) And the roof of your mouth is the floor of the nose. If it's all small and narrow in there, there isn't enough room to be able to breathe properly. And then there's allergies, dust, gluten, dairy, your environment, pets. sorts of things that are causing inflammation, big tonsils, the list goes on. So there'll be a lot of different reasons why someone can't breathe through their nose properly. But if you see anyone who is breathing through their mouth habitually, we really know that something is going on in the airway and we need to investigate. And you ask how early we can find that out. Well, you can see it really early, but in my practice, I tend to mostly see it at ages three to six. And I do think that's because that's when people are coming in for their first checkup, usually. And as a side note, I do think people should come in much earlier than that. I love to see kids from one year old, and um, but it's much better if we can see them earlier. But uh, three to five is typically where kids are having their very first dental experience and that's when we really get to talk about the way that they're breathing and you know what parents and carers are usually pretty aware um, they know when their kids are breathing through their mouths and often they'll be the ones to bring out but it's only when we have our, um, our consultations and we really get into how that breathing might be affecting the child and you can see light bulbs Going off in parents' brains, and they're seeing all these connections that they didn't even know were related to breathing, and most importantly, breathing while the kids are sleeping. Yeah, we always scream for sleep ordered breathing.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. So, yeah. Sophie, what should an ideal breathing pattern look like? What if I were a parent and I was concerned, what should I look for to know that? my child is breathing properly?
0: Oh, that's a great question. And I love that proper breathing is the same for everyone, for babies, toddlers, for kids, for adults, for the elderly. We all should be breathing in the same way. We should be breathing silently, still and slowly. The three S's silent, still and slow. Silent breathing means it's coming in and out of the nose so softly and quietly that you can't even feel it or hear it. If you can hear any whistling or resistance, something's going on. And still, best kind of breathing. Nothing should really be moving on your upper body at all. Shoulders should stay really still. Chest shouldn't be rising and falling. In fact, the only thing that does move is your diaphragm. When we're breathing properly and engaging our lungs properly, we'll just notice a really gentle rise and fall coming from the diaphragm. You'll see that belly breathing and in and out motion, really subtle and really, really soft. So that is how we should be breathing. Ideally, it should be through the nose, lips together, still silent
1: and soft. SSS. S. <laughs> <laughs> So, as a dental assistant, what role do you think I could play in helping patients to identify and treat breathing challenges?
0: That's a fantastic question. As you know, and I don't have to tell anyone, dental assistants are such a key part of the dental team my goodness I don't know where I'd be without my fantastic assistant and I tell her every day um, she often knows what I need before I even need it she's part mind reader part octopus
1: <laughs> I agree but 110% a <laughs>
0: <laughs> But a dental assistant can play a really great role in breathing particular and the most important part is normalizing talking about breathing and talking about sleep every single appointment with every single patient once you start normalizing having those conversations my goodness so many more conversations are going to open up and you realize that a lot of people and a lot of children especially are having a problem with this So I love to involve the dental assistants in screening our patients for sleep disordered breathing. Sleep disordered breathing is a condition that children will have where their body actually thinks that it's choking during their sleep. And it raises their blood pressure, it raises their heart rate, their brain is having these arousals when they should be resting and it's a real problem. And to find out whether someone has got sleep disordered breathing, we usually refer a child to an ear, nose and throat specialist for their diagnosis. But the screening and asking the right questions, that's done at the dental clinic. And a lot of the times it'll be a dental assistant that has the most time to talk to the patients mm. about those things, it's a conversation. So asking questions about the quality of sleep, the signs of sleep disordered breathing or snoring, child should not be snoring if they're snoring there's a problem drooling grinding their teeth and making that sound while they're sleeping restlessness during the night break dancing in their sleep and the covers are flying everywhere sweating tossing the head back to get as much air in as they can sleep talking sleep walking bed wetting a lot of these things are all related to the quality of the breathing while they're sleeping And it can have some real consequences for that child, like concentration. They might struggle with learning at school or getting tired during the day. Big mood changes, you know, they're up one minute and then they're down the next, waking up grumpy, night terrors, finding that they don't want to get out of bed in the morning. They need a bit of extra shaking and waking and come on, get out of bed. There, our kids just aren't getting the quality, even if they're getting the hours. And these are all little red flags that a child might have sleep disordered breathing. So, they're things that a DA can talk to parents about, probe a little further. If you just ask, How's your breathing? How's your sleeping? I guarantee you, your patients will say, Fine. (laughs) But (laughs) when you ask, When you ask and you probe a little bit deeper and you ask specific questions, they start to realise that there actually may be a problem and maybe things aren't as fine as they originally thought. And a DA is great for having those conversations with the kids. And another thing DAs are also about is being the eyes and ears of the room. Yes, They can see things when we're focused inside the mouth. Often we've got our goggly glasses on and we're really focused on what we're doing, but they can see what's going on in the room. They can assess how the child is sitting. If their mouth is hanging open, maybe they're doing the nose wipe that might indicate there's an allergy of that sort. They're things that a dental assistant will be able to scan for and see often before the clinician sees them too.
1: True. Very, very true. So, Rosie, what are the most important things to remember about breathing? Oh, I know. SSS.
0: Yes, you got it. SSS. Still, silent and low. (laughs) And, um, well, the most important things to remember about breathing is to talk about it. We need to be screening the patients for breathing disorders and any sign that they're not breathing in the way that they need to. And I'd say there's probably three parts in assessing and treating someone with a breathing uh, dysfunction. I'd say first thing is the assessment, asking the questions, seeing what's going on. That's the most important for screening. And then secondly is clearing the airway once we've identified that there is a problem now we have to do something about it we need to get that child breathing better And most of the time that will be in the nose and throat specialist that will do that they might have to remove tonsils or adenoids or something else in the nose to make way but sometimes it's Expanding, Maybe it's an orthodontic team mm-hmm. making the jaw bigger so that there's more space to breathe. Mm-hmm. Or an allergist specialist to getting on top of the allergies and reducing inflammation. Maybe it's dietary. So finding a way to clear the airways. And then the third part is muscle retraining. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know you've got a great orophage myologist that you work with too because the muscle training is so important. If you've been a mouth breather all of your life, even though the airways might be cleared out, you've had your tonsils taken out, you're not going to miraculously start nasal breathing overnight. You have to change the habit. Mm -hmm. So they're the three parts. Assessment, clear out the airways and then retrain the muscle habit.
1: I would underscore that last thing, because oftentimes, once the tonsils and adenoids are removed, a lot of Mm -hmm. people assume, well, that's it, Mm -hmm. but you're so right, if I've never breathed through my nose before, and somebody doesn't show me how, I may be stuck, you know, I've seen this um, example, Rosie. When the elephant is a baby, they tie the elephant to this pole and that elephant is so sensitized to the resistance from the pole that it can roll 10 times its size and you attach it to that pole, which we know. Wouldn't be able to hold the elephant. But the mindset is, I'm stuck here. It's the same way if we don't train our brains to realize this is the way to do it. Creating an environment without showing us how to use it sometimes causes blocks far more than you could imagine. So yeah, it's going the extra mile. Absolutely,
0: absolutely
1: i think my guests have learned so much from you today miss zimbabwe in australia speaking to us in jamaica and the world (laughs) i always isn't that incredible (laughs) it is incredible (laughs) how the world is so much smaller you know and the truth is it is you're, where you're speaking to me from is so far away but we're all doing the same thing <laughs> people no matter where you find them Absolutely. in the world right so I have, I have i have a question for you we always end our podcast with a quote do you have a special quote to share with us Oh, yes, well I guess I have two Can I have two quotes? Is that allowed? You know what, (laughs) since you're so far away and you have dual citizenship I think it's allowed
0: (laughs) I I have a quote that I, I just love and I try to think about this every day and it's ask a question and be a fool for just five minutes But don't ask a question and remain a fool forever. And I think it is so apt to always think that knowledge is power and to learn is such a privilege. And I've learned so much from you, Heather Dawn, absolutely. I know that your dental assistants are learning so much through your courses and there's always something that we can learn from someone else. We don't have to have all the answers. We just have to be open and honest and ask more questions. So true. There's lots to learn.
1: All right, I Um, love number one. Let's see if number two (laughs) can live up to number one because number one is already up at the top. Let's see. (laughs) Well, number two is easy. It's really
0: just about breathing, and this is a quote of my own. It is, snoring is basically choking in the night, and I want everyone to remember that. Anyone who they love, if they are a snorer, please get checked Find out what is going in your airways because we shouldn't be snoring if we're breathing properly.
1: Absolutely. I tell mothers if the baby is snoring, that's not cute. No. (laughs) It's a sign that we need to take action. Uh It might remind you of daddy or
0: grandpa, but it means they all need to be checked.
1: (laughs) Rosie, this has been so delightful. Can you promise to come back and share with us at another time?
0: I would love that, Heather Dawn. That would be so wonderful to come and speak to your group and your community about all the things that I absolutely adore when it comes to (laughs) mathology.
1: Well, let me tell you something. We learned a lot today. And the bonus is usually people say oh my word you have such a lovely accent so I get to say to you on top of learning what you had to say we were just drenched in this beautiful (laughs) accent
0: (laughs) thank you Thank you very much and I didn't say any little Aussie slang either.
1: (laughs) Maybe next time you'll have to teach us some one or two, you know what I mean? (laughs) Only if you teach me something too. (laughs) Okay, we'll we'll, we'll decide that the next time you'll bring one, I'll bring one. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. God bless.
0: Oh, thank you so much. It's been a real privilege. Thanks for talking to me today.
1: Oh my goodness, Rosie dropped so many pearls today. Remember, proper breathing is silent. You just see that person sh- inhaling and exhaling, but you're not hearing any sound. And it's still, you shouldn't see any shoulders moving up and down. It's really just the diaphragm that moves up and down. You see that stomach moving in and out. and it should be slow okay my dental assistants aka the mind readers the octopuses who have several hands doing everything all at the same time you play a great role in assisting in the screening of children who might have sleep disordered breathing okay remember snoring, drooling, restlessness, sleepwalking, sleep talking, bedwetting are all possible symptoms of sleep disordered breathing. And you dental assistants can be the eyes and ears in the room observing things that the hygienist and the dentist don't necessarily see because we're drilling down to see specifics in the oral cavity. But you're observing posture and habits and Everything that may give us clues that this child or this adult is having issues with breathing. And so how do we tackle unhealthy breathing? Screening, clearing the airway and retraining the muscles. Those are the three things that must happen for us to go from unhealthy to healthy breathing. Hey, don't remain a fool forever. Ask a question. Now, this conversation was so interesting. You can't keep it to yourself. So share, like, subscribe, and remember, life is better when we live, learn, and grow together. Blessings.